This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Port, CEO of Rocket Matter, provider of the world's most amazing and exciting and supersonic legal software. So I am very excited to have with us today a friend of mine, Brett Burney. He is the principal of Burney Consultants, and he's in Ohio. So he does a lot of help with the e-discovery, uh, using Macs in a law office, and he's very interested in using apps in, in law. And he's the co-author of the ABA best-selling book, Max in Law, uh, which is very exciting. So welcome, Brett. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. It's good to be here. I love that. It's it's best-selling, but not quite as best-selling as your book, of course. Is it of the, course. The, the Lean Law Firm, is that right? Which the one Lean is Law Firm. Yes. That's right. Very nice. Yes, but we do advocate apps, so we're very excited. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe if you Maybe we could do a suggestion thing like they do on Amazon, a bundle. So... So, Brett, like um, you and I first met with this whole Mac in the law office business. So um, tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got started in that or, 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 you know, how it evolved. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was the first time maybe that our paths uh, uh, crossed at some point, probably with the Max in Law uh, conference, which I'll come to here in, in just a moment. But. Uh, when I launched my own consulting practice, I really wanted to just focus on the legal technology side. And you mentioned the fact that one of the main areas that I focus on is e-discovery, e because that obviously has a huge technical component. But today, a very active and growing body of substantive law around e-discovery. So that sort of justified my my time and expense of going to law school there. But I knew I always wanted to, to be involved in legal technology. But when I launched my own consulting practice, I decided that I wanted to use Macs. And I knew that it was not going to be something um, that was, I, I guess, easy in the sense that I knew that the vast majority of lawyers and the people that I'd be working with were using Windows, but there was just something about it that I wanted to use. I'd used the old Apple IIc many, many years ago, and I knew about the uh, the company at the time was making some big changes with parallels and being able to accommodate some Windows software. So for me, it was just great. I loved it. Uh, this was even, of course, before uh, just before the iPhone was even launched. So it was really purely on the Mac side. But I, I knew that there was going to be some changes starting to be made there. And sure enough, um, uh, there is probably about today, if we looked at the total number of attorneys, at least here in the United States, we estimate that between maybe eight and, and 11% of the attorneys in the United States are using Macs now. Huh. And that goes everywhere from the smaller law firm. Certainly if you are a very small solo firm or two or three attorney firm, you got a little more flexibility there that you can choose what you want to use. Uh, you don't have an IT person that's telling you what you're going to use necessarily. And so they will typically... Uh, more so, they'll uh, by percentage-wise, more of them will be using Macs. But even in the larger firms, we find that there's always a small community, usually you know senior partners that basically can just say, this is what I'm going to use, uh, that they still have some of that interest there. But because of that, as is, 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 uh, uh, Larry, you know, the Macs in law office uh, listserv started. That was by some of our other friends that were using Macs, and they just wanted to look and find some resources there because there was not a lot of legal specific software for Macs. So they were looking to talk to other lawyers using Macs. 
And this listserv grew to where they started having a conference every year. And uh, you guys were one of the original sponsors. Rocket Matter was the original sponsor because that was yet another idea that started growing and allowing more lawyers to actually use Macs. With the SaaS software. Exactly. Larry, you guys were one of the first companies to even come out with something that was legal specific for lawyers. So it doesn't didn't it didn't matter if you used Macs or Windows then at that point, right? I mean you there were the old days where there was lots of practice management software available for lawyers out there but it was windows only you had to run it on a server and you had to run on a windows and they were like oh we're not even gonna we don't yeah, care about tough. mac users like what, what are, you, are you kidding me there's only a few of them out there i couldn't believe that stuff when i first saw it i know well, i remember when you guys came to aba tech show right 2008 right that's when right. you guys that's first exactly came right. and i mean i you saw all the other booths i remember larry <laughs> some of those other companies were like oh man you don't want to go over there those guys you wouldn't want to use cloud that's no. that's terrible. Why yes, would you sir. ever think about that? Fear, and that, uncertainty, and doubt. And now look at you guys. It's like now this is the way to go today is using something like Rocket Matter because not only does it not matter if you use Windows or Mac, but you guys are accessible from any computer connected to the Internet and any mobile device connected to the Internet. You know, Brett, I'm thinking about all this stuff, and it's like when we were first when we first met, you know, in the aughts, whenever that was, you know, back then, <laughs> yes. like there was, um, it was like a subculture. We were like insane clown posse fans, you Pretty know, the, the the Mac users. And and now it seems to have gotten such wide acceptance that it's kind of no longer that way. We find that mo many lawyers, because Tom Lambot and I, Tom's been on, I know your podcast and webinars before, Tom Lambot and I wrote that book, Max in Law. And we found that there was, uh, at least two, maybe three reasons that many lawyers would look at it. Number one, we'll look at the Mac to, to using the Mac. Number one, it was because their family were using Macs, right? If you go to the educational area, if you have a, a child that's in any kind of, uh, you know, middle to upper to higher education, they're probably using a Mac at some point. And a lot of lawyers found, well, hey, if somebody in my family is using it and it works so good, why can't I have that on my own uh, law practice. Number two, we found the halo effect. They'd use an iPhone or something uh, Apple related and they found that it just worked. They loved it and so they wanted to experiment using a, a Mac. And then I guess number three, I, we've already highlighted it, the fact that then they were, they're no longer regulated to software that just worked on a Windows. They had access to all of these platforms and capabilities through SaaS or cloud-based products Something like, you know, even Dropbox or even cloud-based e-discovery software or cloud-based practice management software, cloud-based uh, time and billing software. All of that uh, came to the fact that we see more and more lawyers today at least, at least exploring the possibility of using a Mac. So let me ask you this. Where does, because this is why I switched to Mac back in like 2002 or whatever, where does the fact that Macs run on top of a free BSD Unix kernel rank in lawyers reasons for adopting a mac i'm guessing not very high. i'm gonna i'm gonna say pretty low okay we, we 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 find most of it is it just works right well that's now, the truth i always tell people if you're coming from a windows world it is a little bit different right there is going to be a learning curve there's a couple of different ways that the menus work and there's different keys on the keyboard but once you get familiar with that and get comfortable with that, it, it just works. I find lawyers using their Macs five to six to seven years 
I don't necessarily recommend that, but people are just using it and it just works. So in, in other words, that really, so that means it's really number one, because the reason it does so much is because it is based on that <laughs> BSD kernel. But I will also just quickly point out one of the other things people like about it is, you know, Max, the hardware and software are built and designed by the same company. You don't see that in the Windows world. Now, some people think that's a little bit of a monopoly. I find that means the hardware and the software work a lot better together. Like the trackpad, the things that people love so much about the Apple is one of the reasons, uh, the Macs is one of the reasons because Apple controls both of those areas. You don't find that on the Windows side, right? Windows makes the software and then you can buy a Compaq or Lenovo or whatever else you need. Now, Microsoft is changing, of course, as we know, because they're putting out the Surface computers now, which is you know changing that a little bit better. But that's what I see most lawyers like about the Macs. And it just yeah. looks and it looks good. Well, all right. So you know, I'm not like religious about my com computers and hardwares and so on and so forth. So I have, over the course of years, only recently, uh, when the Surface came out, experimented and I used a Surface laptop for about a year and a half, and um, I ended up going back to a MacBook Pro, and I, I thought the Surface lap the Surface laptop is an, is is a really a legitimately a great machine. But when I started using the MacBook Pro again. I felt like I was sliding into a Rolls Royce. I mean, it's just the the level of luxury. And I also used a Pixel 2 for a while as opposed to an iPhone. And I went, when I got the iPhone back, it was kind of the same sensation. Um, it's just every every corner is rounded and everything is smooth and it's just it's just a wonderful experience you so. and i both have a lot of friends that love the surface or they work with their their windows computers and they use android phones nothing against them at all i find though that the vast majority of lawyers that i work with you 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 don't have time to figure it out i find android phones a lot of my a lot of our friends the people that we both know they they like to tinker a little bit and they like to customize and they like to to uh, make it just For so sure. and 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 that's great I love that too. I do. But in most cases, I just need to go and do exactly what I need to do with the time. And that's when I find from a functionality standpoint that most of the Macs that I work with in the iPhones and the iPads, uh, th that, that it, it just, it just works. There's really no other better way to say it. I will just say quickly though, a lot of people come to me and say, well, what, what's the best tablet? I like the surface. And I tell people, I like the surface too, just like you're saying. However, to me, the surfaces are really I look at them as Windows laptops first, and then they can be a tablet, right? They're not a pure tablet in the sense of something like uh, a Kindle or uh, an iPad. And, and that's a good thing. It's just I tell people when you are getting a Surface, you really should be looking at this as a full-fledged Windows laptop because that's that's what it is. And I think Microsoft is doing a very good job at uh, they're trying to compare it to the iPad, but really it is compared to a MacBook Pro these days. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would I would 100 uh, percent agree with that. You have the control center. You don't like have a dumbed down settings. I right. mean, it is it is a it, it has a taskbar across the bottom. It, it you know, it can be in different modes. But yeah, I would 100 percent agree with that. And, and I would just say uh, quickly along those lines, you know, people tell me, well, I can get it. I can get uh, why would I buy a MacBook Pro, you know, for two thousand dollars when I can go get a Windows laptop for three hundred dollars? Look at that. They're on sale. And I always kind of just take a step back and say, if you're truly comparing apples to apples, pun intended there, you're, you're, you know, 
you're getting what you paid for there. Now, if, if you need a $300 laptop, then go for it. Because the vast majority of us, at least in the legal world, we're not doing video editing. We're not doing audio editing. So we really only need something that's going to run Microsoft Word, maybe PDF, uh, Adobe or something. So in some cases, a $300 laptop may be just fine. But if you're willing to make that investment and you're going to get the thing that you actually need that's going to last you for a long period of time and it's going to work, then if you compare a full a full out Windows Surface laptop, if you pay for the full power that you need, you're probably going to be paying pretty close to what you're going to find for a MacBook Pro. You don't have to pay $2,000 for a MacBook Pro, but by the way, you can pay a little bit less, of course, because you don't necessarily need the highest end thing. Those are for professional grade people that are doing video editing and audio editing exact and all that kind of stuff. You could also finance them too, which is what we do. That's exactly what I do as well. Yep, business lease. So, um, all right, well, let's move on to, we're gonna sandwich in your e-discovery conversation right now. So, okay. <laughs> question for you. So, so e-discovery, um, who, who are your typical clients for that and when do they reach out to you? And are you seeing a variety of size firms use it or, or how do the smaller firms compete with the bigger firms with e-discovery? And I guess yeah. that's like 15 questions in one. I know, okay, and you stop me because I'm gonna try to keep it short. If you do any kind of litigation. Okay, that's great, now moving yeah, I know. on. <laughs> If you do, no, I'm going to put it in because it's so important. If you do any kind of litigation, you are doing e-discovery. You cannot get away from it. That's the way that we deal with information today. There is no paper today unless you hit the print button on a computer. The only and other exception well, to that. it's discovery, but it's e-stuff. It is every, that's, and that's everything. Say for, the only exception would be a handwritten note on a yellow piece of yellow legal pad paper. Everything else that's printed came originally from an electronic file. And so I tell people, I don't care if you're talking about domestic issues, if you're talking about criminal issues, the largest civil litigation issues, you are dealing with electronic files and electronic discovery then at that point. So the largest law firms today have a small army of Brett Bernies that they hire, that they have on staff. And those people support most of the large law firms today. That's where I started was at a large firm here in, in Cleveland. So the vast, my sweet spot today is working with firms that are like maybe 100 lawyers or less. They don't have full-time litigation support personnel, but they absolutely still have very large e-discovery issues that they have to deal with. And that's when I'm able to come in and help from the consulting side. Um, I'll just put a quick little plug because it's a free download that people can go to, ediscoverybuyersguide.com is something that I authored about a year ago. It's a free PDF download that people can go to. It's actually two volumes where I just mention a lot of the tools that are available for firms of all sizes, but we mostly see that it is those mid-sized and smaller firms that are downloading that. Because you have to know today, you have to be aware of the benefits and risks associated with technology. That is the ABA model rules and uh, what about 30 something states now have adopted that in their own rules of professional conduct. And so that means a variety of things, of course, but when it comes to the litigation side, the discovery side, that means you need to be aware of your duties in understanding how to collect email, for example. What would happen if somebody uh, modified a file and spoliated the file? You have to be aware of those issues. It is no longer acceptable to say, well, I'm not, I'm not really computer savvy. I'm not tech literate. I don't really understand that stuff. 
I'm sorry, that doesn't that doesn't go anymore. So those are the areas where I'm helping some of these mid-sized and smaller firms better understand their duties and their responsibilities, and frankly, to help them uh, to better do the collection aspect, to review the electronic files, and then ultimately to produce them. Hey, Brett, if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do so? Oh, man, you know what? Uh, probably the best way, I'd, I'd love it if people were able to visit appsinlaw.com, and then you can just send me an email at brett at appsinlaw.com. Uh, that's the easiest one, the more the more fun one that people are finding these days. Uh, my other my 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 primary business site is BernieConsultants.com. So either one of those will work. Wow. All right, Brett. Uh, by the way, if you need to reach me for whatever reason, Larry at RocketMatter.com. Put podcast in the subject line, and I will look through um, my same box stuff, which we can discuss on another uh, Ooh, episode. Yeah. And hopefully, I will find it. Um, <clears throat> you will rocket matter rocks. There you go. Um, anyhow, Brett, thank you so much for your time today. I do appreciate it. And I My wish pleasure. you the best of luck in the new year. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it, man. This is the 10 minute law firm podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.